Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run.Down over here on the Strickland YouTube channel as well as the Strickland Podcast Network if you're listening afterwards. Knicks win 120 to 107 behind strong three-point shooting and improved defense tonight. Um, Number 30 led the way with eight three-pointers. Who led the way? Who led the way? Who led the way? You can say his name. We even have no. to do I don't say his name. That, like, that's just not me. I'm not going to say his name. Um, but anyways, he led the way with eight three-pointers. Um, Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett also provided 20-plus um, points as well. Obi Toppin added 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, four steals off the bench in only 25 minutes. Um Got some extended run with um, our new, I would like to call it death lineup, maybe. We can we can start branding that um, with IQ, Jalen Brunson, RJ, and number 30. Um, so, you know, Thibs is starting to rely on that unit a little bit more, which is um, impressive. He still has his flaws, which we will get into, but we will start with the positives for once on a night like tonight. Um, Knicks, they started off the game pretty impressively um, with a 38-point first quarter. Um, That momentum carried over into the second um, quarter um, where they went up as by as many, I think, as like 26 points, I would say, at one point. 27 was 27. Yeah, it was 27. All right, yeah, so 27 points. Um, The bench came in. Um, Obi and IQ really kind of like carried the bench unit, I would say in terms of production. Um, Derrick Rose just didn't have it tonight. Evan Fournier didn't have it tonight, and we'll get into what should happen with those two. Um, Sims started off the game, actually, which I didn't even note. Um, But, yeah, he started the game at center, which was also a welcome change, I guess, because it seems like Thibs was going matchup-based when he gave his explanation, um, which is a welcome change as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, things kind of – were pretty swimmingly. They were up 24 at half. Um, then we get into the third quarter where we will discuss what happens with substitution patterns and all that other stuff. But um, Therese, I guess, be happy with this fake shooting <laughs> performance. Is that for sure. Yeah, this fake shooting performance. Fake whatever. It don't matter. You it's the Sacramento it. game all over again. It doesn't matter. And he dropped buckets in that game too. Cry, weep, sob, whatever you want to. This is my victory lap, and I'm taking it, and I'm going jogging. Ah, <laughs> uh, floor is mine. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, he had a good game tonight. Um, he did what he had to do. Five threes in the first quarter alone. That bitch has Carl Anthony Towns getting everything on like that before in his life. That's cool though. Whatever. Who cares about the fucking Timberwolves? Oh, I don't like the Timberwolves. I'm going to get this shit off my chest. Anthony Edwards is the fakest young star I've ever seen in my life. D'Angelo Russell is creating Grand Larceny. Um, Jenny McDaniels and Kyle Anderson, slow mid. Uh, Torian Prince is not royalty at all. Jalen Noel, more like Jalen No Shot. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin, more like Jordan McLaughlin. 
because he was useless tonight. Nas read more like Nas needs to read a book and go back to college because he is no way an NBA player. Austin Rivers, a cool year, cool in my book. He gave us the Jazz game. Brendan Forbes, whatever, who cares? Nathan Knight, more like Nathan Goodnight because the Tim Rules went home. Uh, that's all I got to say. Big 31. And it, it's a good night for my Twitter. Retweet me now. Retweet me now. Dude, you were spitting. That's, that's. Anyways. Good work. Good work there. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I just want to say go one ahead, thing. Jeff. No, go ahead, Jeff. Because I know we're gonna, I, I just, I know we're gonna shit on him, and honestly, deservedly so, just because he shouldn't be in the rotation anymore. But I actually thought Fournier played a really good defensive game. I just want to say that. I want to say one positive thing about him. I thought he was actually fine on defense, and I thought he tried really hard. Um, shouldn't be in the rotation, but that's my, that's my one positive Fournier thing. I, since we're starting with positive vibes, I just wanted to say. I thought he actually played a really good defensive game. I thought it was idiotic that Tibbs matched him up with Edwards and he actually held his own against Edwards. So good on him. I think Edwards just didn't – Edwards has been kind of pretty, like, really volatile, I would say, to start the season. Yeah. Um, He had those two 30-point games back-to-back. But then other than that, he hasn't really done much. And then there's this whole thing with the chemistry in Minnesota. Um, I don't know if you saw – I don't know if you saw the clip the other day of him just standing – during yeah. the play with his hands on his hips like he's obviously not enjoying his time with this new system and e- even that clip from yesterday that Rudy Gobert wasn't even playing so I don't I, I think it goes beyond Rudy Gobert and I think it just like overall like I guess where the team is heading he's not I guess happy with where it's going but he also plays a part in that as well because he's just someone that's not a consistent um player as someone who bet who used to bet on him a lot last year um <laughs> I used to regret it a lot because he would have nights where he would have it going and then he would have nights where he completely is like invisible on the court. So, um, yeah, there, there is that with Anthony Edwards, but, um, going back to our players, um, again, you know, solid performance by, um, Jalen Brunson as, um, the steady hand at point guard, um, really helped settle things down when it seemed like, you know, um, things were going to get out of hand when the lead was getting cut down. Um, I liked how Thibs brought him and IQ. I'm not him, him and IQ. Um, him and um, RJ back in once the lead got down to about like 16. 14. Um, it was 14? Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, once it once it got down to a certain point, he brought yeah. those two in. It, 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 got, it, got down to, it got down to it got down to 13. And then Brunson came in and immediately uh, like set up a three or hit a three or something or no maybe I'm thinking of when Randall hit the three I don't yeah, know there were two moments in the game that it felt like the lead could have slipped away and I think Tibbs made the right call both times one time he reinserted Brunson RJ like you were saying Sam and then the other time he put Randall in but he kept Obi in the game which was huge and and times he was rewarded I was a big fan of the decision sorry sorry to cut you off. No, for sure. Um, definitely. And, um, you know, there were um, some some moments from RJ as well tonight, even though he didn't um, finish the night shooting the most efficiently as most would like it. But there was a lot of stuff to um, like from this game um, in terms of decision making, I thought, um, as well as, you know, getting to the basket, finishing those those tough and one baskets. Um, and the jump shot looked pretty um, good from three early on, I would say. 
Um, later on in the game, it was a little bit rough, but you know, he's still been he's still been pretty solid these last I would say like four or five games. So it's been you know pretty good from him lately. So can't complain there. Um, and I thought the defense tonight from the whole team looked much improved. Um, there were a lot of possessions where I was like, man, they really locked down the Timberwolves. And, you know, I don't want to say it's all due to, like, the, the Timberwolves' ineptitude on offense because that definitely played a large part in it. But I also thought, like, the Knicks made a good job of shutting down those um, those extra rotations. Usually sometimes they just, like, fall asleep or they miss them. But tonight they were really on point with making sure, like, there was, like, a, I think there was, like, a good amount of shot clock violations on the Timberwolves, which we haven't really seen from the Knicks versus their opponents um, early on this season. But, um, yeah. Um, I guess we can also talk about Obi tonight. He played a really good game. Um, the first half, I think he, he had like 12 points, or I think it was, right? I, I want to make sure I have this stat correctly. Uh, first half, I can check for you. Because there was a tweet I saw. I don't. I just don't remember what point in the game it was. Oh yeah, it was like uh, at seven minutes. He had like twelve points, two rebounds, one assist, two steals, and that was all in the first half. So, and then he hit steals. that. No, I meant in the first. He had yeah, three steals half. in the first half. Yeah, three steals in the first half. Two assists, okay. two rebounds, three steals, twelve points. Yeah, so I mean. We're seeing what he can do in, in in such limited minutes. It's gonna be impressive. I mean, he had twenty five minutes tonight, which was pretty pretty remarkable, I think. Um, and that shows Thibs's evolving trust in him, I guess, as he's seeing that the lineup with him and Randall does work, which is vindication for all Smart Knicks fans who have been clamoring for this since last year, um, especially. But yeah, how'd you guys feel about um, Obi and like, I guess, him going forward? in his role on the team, especially if he's getting more, more minutes. I think it's cool that, I think it's cool that he's like, it's clear. I don't think he's as good a three point. He's obviously not as good as he's been shooting this season, but I think it's reasonable to like expect him to be a good three point shooter. Like, uh, I don't know, Tyrese, what do you think? Like in the 33 to 38% range? Like that, that seems like a pretty reasonable range, right? Yeah. I think he's probably like 36, 38. Uh, I would take the higher end. Right. I just like, I so, buy a lot. Yeah. So if you, I mean, but you don't want him at least long-term, you don't want that to be all he does. And sometimes it just feels like, the only way they know how to use him is like as an off ball stand in the corner guy. And he's so much more than that. Um, and like, you'll see these times when like um, Sam, you brought it up last game when he had that sort of improvised layup in the fourth quarter, got taken out. That's not in the flow of the offense. That's Obi like making something out of nothing, you know, like that's, that's him doing that. There need to be more designs in the flow of the offense that get him going, that that get him going inside the arc. And honestly, it doesn't ever become more evident that that's true than when he plays these garbage minutes. Like, I know, like, he wasn't really trying, but you saw in that final possession when Deuce had, like, was controlling 
things or we just stood in the corner you know like it was now like that's how that that's how the offense works it's deuce plays plays the lead guard so he's running the show but there's they don't really know how to get Obi into the offense more. And I feel like that's a problem long-term or at least something to keep your eye out for, you know? Definitely. I think that's fair. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if this, a lot of this might be like Obi kind of just wanted to pull. Um, I kind of feel like he's still trying to, you know, earn his way into more minutes of the rotation. And I do feel like if you're, He's, he's been feeling it from three or to start the season. So, like, you know when you're feeling it, you're going to pull more often. I think, like, once everything averages out and he starts to, like, come back towards his median, then I think you see him do more of his stuff in the uh, inside the yard instead of outside of the yard. So I would give him some more time. Um, I don't think that he's, like, abandoned that part of his game where, like, he considers himself to be some kind of, like, shooter-shooter. But I think he's just kind of feeling himself right now because, you know, like, he's had the hot hand the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. I guess I just wish they you I, specifically. I wish they used him as a primary screener more. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would like to see him more in actions that get him rolling towards the basket, especially just use his gravity as connector as well. Because you know that even if he isn't like the um, final part of the action, he can still like get people into the action because he processes the floor so well. I would like to see him do more stuff as a screener as well. To your to your point to get to get to your to your point though, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the first half, so the Warriors, uh, at least the peak Warriors, they do it as much anymore. But the peak Warriors had this action. I forget what it was called, but Clay and Steph would like stand together off the ball, and they would like flip who cut and who popped. Like it was it was a really I can picture it. I just don't know what what the action's called. Um, but basically they would stand at like the elbow together and then they would just basically one would cut to the basket and one would pop out for a three behind a third person screen. And IQ and Obi ran that action tonight, but it was Obi who, who, who caught them off guard by popping out for three and IQ was the screener. I thought that was really interesting that they did that, that like it is kind of the optimal use of both players right now because Obi is the better shooter and quickly is the better screener. It's just weird. You wouldn't expect that. It's just weird to say quickly is the better screener and Obi is the better shooter. Like saying Obi is the better shooter than quickly right yeah. now is a wild sentence, but it's true. Like it's completely true. Definitely. Um, let's see. Is there any other positives that we can pull out of this game before we dive into comments Brunson Brunson oh yes of course um steady hand at point yep I mean 22 23 points five rebounds eight assists like I mentioned earlier he had a couple key baskets and key plays that really helped settle um, the team down when it seemed like the defense were not the defense but like it seemed like Timberwolves were making a run in that fourth in that fourth quarter um Thibs made that move to put him back in um, and I felt like he was really steady, really efficient tonight as well. 64% from the field, um, hit two threes, which is encouraging to see, you know, you'd like to see him start to up that um, three point percentage. Um, but yeah, I just thought he had a really good game and, you know, he's just continuing to be a, a, a good, like floor, <clears throat> floor general, I would say, um, in terms of, you know, 
getting guys um, in their spots. And then he had this that key three to put us up 111 um, to 92 um, after um, OB kind of saved the ball from going out of bounds. He directly just yep. tip passed it to um, Brunson in the corner and then Brunson hit the three and that kind of really kind of secured that secured at least to me, even though I, I knew there was still a chance, but it secured somewhat that I felt like we had this win um, in our in our back pocket. Yeah, I think that was the one that Jeff was talking about. Where like right and like after Randall hits like that wild step back three, which like I didn't think that was going in. I thought that was a wild shot when I went off, but like he hits that one. And I think the next play, like he tries to like drive a kick, and then. The ball gets almost intercepted, and then Obi like basically like jump passes it. Not even jump pass. He's basically just like flung it over to Brunson before the um, shot clock expires, and then like they get it off and it goes in. But yeah, like dude is incredible. What more can you say about Brunson? Like he just does everything well. Tonight the three ball was going for him. Like ho hum, twenty three eight and five. You're just like okay, that's a normal day at the office for him. Like he's just. Incredible. I feel like he could have gotten more free throws tonight, but I'm okay with him just getting three. He shot 64% from the field. Like 23, 23 points and 14 shots is just like ridiculous, man. He's just a ridiculous player. And this was this was, in my opinion, gonna be the second straight game that um RJ was gonna have like a good, good, efficient shooting night until he came back in and kind of he. I think he missed like five, five in a row or something. Eight. Eight. eight? He missed his last eight shots in a row. What was his final line? What he was se- he was seven eleven at one point, and then he finished the game seven of nineteen. Okay. Oh my goodness. I thought I thought he finished seven of sixteen. Yeah, I saw. I saw he was seven of eleven. He had like eighteen or nineteen points on seven eleven shooting, and I was like, we're headed for another really efficient RJ game, and then. Nope. Yeah. Um, but I thought I actually thought I, I'm gonna say this. I think this was RJ's most encouraging all-around game of the entire season. Um I thought that as a passer, as a defender, and as a mover off the ball, he played his best games in all three areas. The passing is really coming along. He had two assists the first two assists of the game and both were passes. You never see him make one was a cross court pass to Julius. And the other was maybe it wasn't one of the first possessions of the game, but he made this like slip pass. That was just, it was just awesome. Um, Yeah. His, he, I mean, that's just, you need to see that if he's going to be, even if you don't think he can be like a primary, like in like an elite primary, (laughs) If he's going to be like the second best player on a good team, a really good team, he needs to be a better passer because that just unlocks the paint for him. That's where he needs to, you know, we talk about it all the time. That's where he needs to keep improving. So the passing being what we've seen these last few games is just really, really nice in my opinion. Yeah, I've, I've been a big fan of his process overall. Um, and you know how I felt about RJ. Um, I feel like this has been the best stretch of his career. Um, not in terms of just like from a scoring standpoint, but I feel like everything, all facets of his game are starting to click. The big thing is like the free throw shooting because now he's getting to the line and he's converting on his opportunities. I feel like his two-point shooting has been really strong as well. Like his touch around the basket, 
his ability to, you know, like, manipulate his body. Like, he had one head fake, and I think it was the third quarter, where, like, he basically head fakes twice, gets him got up in the air, leans into the body, and gets two free throws just off of that. And, like, that's what you want to see him do. You want to see him be able to not just play bully ball, but also, like, you know, use his craftiness and his agility in order to, like, get into, get to the line. Because him getting to the line is what makes R.J. Barrett R.J. Barrett. And he had six free throw attempts tonight, he took 18 shots, so 3-3-3 um, free throw rate. That's really good for him. Like, it was just all around a very strong game. He hit three of his three, three of his seven threes tonight. It just sucks that he missed a lot of those shots at the end because, like, we could really still be talking about, like, a very positively efficient RJ game. But, like, ultimately, it was still really good for him. I have no complaints about it, and he, he played awesome tonight. True shooting will save him. It's cool. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Before we get into comments, of course, everyone's favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, if I can pull it up. All right. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and sp- tap, yeah, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. That part always trips me up. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Um, yesterday I gave you guys Kelly Olenek over threes. I don't think that cash, um, I gave you guys, um, Larry Markinen over rebounds and points. I think the rebounds cashed. I'm not sure about, no, the points did not cash. So I will not give you anything for tomorrow. <laughs> Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show details for she. Oh my gosh. See show notes or show description for details. Reason why I won't give you anything for tomorrow is because there's no NBA games tomorrow. So that helps. All right, comments time. We got Brian Benjamin, who is always here early. I would get to one of his. Um, He asks, are the big three clicking? Randall Brunson and Barrett. It's Tyrese's night. Take it over, Tyrese. (laughs) Son muted me. (laughs) I didn't mute you. What? You muted yourself. I totally did not. Anyway. Um, yeah, I feel like they're all clicking. I feel like, I think the last three games, they've all had 20 plus. Am mm-hmm. I crazy about that? Um, but yeah, like, I feel like all of them are getting their shots off. I feel like all of them have been doing it efficiently. And ultimately, they're all being productive. So, like, I have no complaints about that. Um, it's just a matter of, like, making sure the defense can hold and making sure the bench is able to contribute in the way that we know we, they can. 
But like, yeah, I think all of them are starting to like slowly but surely find their roles. I would like to see Julius do less dribbling and all Bonsalov, and I would like to see him get back to what he was in the first three games where he was just doing a lot more quick decision making. Um, and I think that will come with time. But like he's on a heater right now, and it's like it's hard to tell guys when they're on a heater to not do the things that they're on a heater for. So like I do expect them to have a stinker soon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they came against Brooklyn. Um, but I think after that stinker, I would like to see him like get back to what he was in those first three games, which is like the really quick decision making, the passing, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not as sold as Tyrese, so <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I do think Tibbs is kind of doing Randall a disservice, especially in games like this. I mean, why doesn't he just play? What, like, Randall should get more minutes without Brunson and RJ. Like, I agree. if Randall, if you if you're gonna say, which I think, I think Tibbs would. I'm not sure how I feel. I think Brunson was still the best player tonight, but if Tibbs thinks Randall's the best player tonight, then expecting him to play all of his minutes sharing time with Brunson and most of it with RJ is kind of not really fair to him because you're expecting him to be this like new version of Randall where he does very little initiating and he's more of a play reactor. And you would let him satiate, 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 whatever the fuck the word is. Satiate, satiate. Satiate. Um, his desire to create and to initiate if you let him play with the bench just a little bit. So it doesn't have to be this like all or nothing thing. And that's kind of always how it works out with Tibbs, which is frustrating. Um, So to answer Brian's question, I'm not sure the big three is clicking just because I'm still not entirely sold on Randall. Um, but, you know, I'm open to being proven wrong, I suppose. The team was like, when he checked out in the third quarter, was like minus one when he played. So all of his chucking led to, like, the team being way better in the 10 minutes that he sat. So I don't know. Son, I tweeted this. When he gets those bailout whistles, oh, my gosh. It just encourages him to keep taking those shots. And it's like, bro, you're not going to get that call every single time. It's bad process. Like, there's a better way to get a better shot. You can pass it out screen. You can get a roll to the basket. Easier way to get free throws. So much easier. So much more within the flow of the offense. Like, taking those contested pull-up middies, double clutching. Like, it's just bad process. Which gets to our next um, comment by Constantine Metricos, who says, can we see some good process basketball for once and not just three fakes out of the post and putting up a shot while praying for a whistle? My point right there. If Kobe Bryant can do what Julius Randle can do. All right. All right. Let's not get blasphemous. You can enjoy the game without being <laughs> blasphemous. <sighs> but, yeah, it's just bad process, and I'm, I'm just not a fan of it. Like, there's a better way to get free throws if that's your end goal, I think. In the in that possession, at least. 
Yeah, and it also feels like he gets calls that RJ doesn't, which like son, favorites here. No, but. that's no, I, I feel the same way because I retweeted a tweet that said, Imagine if he got that whistle, man. That's like eight free throws a night. Yeah, yeah. did you did you see that post all star game or like that twenty that twenty twenty two whistle he had was blasphemous. I don't want to hear it. But he was taking like 17 free throws a night for whatever reason, dude. Oh, like, RJ. Yeah, the, yeah, the like, second half whistle was as he should. Best. Dude gets assaulted on drives. Assaulted. <laughs> Am I lying? Gee, they all do. They all do. All right. Not to that extent. Brunson been literally getting hammered by three people, and Brunson is literally 5'11". Like, stop. And Brunson still gets his free throws. He got he gets like four free throws a game, dude. I, I, actually, I actually saw a stat today that said that Brunson is one of the – least whistled um players per drive like the seventh least whistled player per drive it feels like he gets more than that i agree i was i agree completely with you sam i was very i think it's like he gets more than that it feels like because he's shoots like 70 percent of the rim it's either like it goes in or he's he's going to the line if i I think that's why because he shoots so well at the rim you know that's actually a really good point like he's so efficient your bias doesn't get affected when he makes it because you're just like, yeah, whatever, he made it. Whereas RJ misses more and you're like, hey, that's a foul, you know, because, yeah, that's that's a really good point. All right. Um, Chris Bernhard, Tyrese hyped about unsustainable shooting, which is fine. That two for nine from three for Randall next game is going to hit hard. Um, he actually shoots. He actually plays really well against Brooklyn, so I wouldn't expect that game, but maybe the game at MSG versus the Pistons might end up being a shitter because he's not taking the opponent as serious as he should. Um, But against Brooklyn, he's actually been pretty good against them. He takes that matchup pretty seriously. Um, I don't know why, but he does. Um, But still, it's like... Whatever. Julius Randle is the ultimate main character. And he wants a Brooklyn New York rivalry so bad, so he can be at the, like the center of a rivalry. <laughs> I mean, him is likely. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, I don't think, and I, I pray to God he doesn't take nine threes next game because my lord, I would not be happy because like. What if he made five of them? No, you're playing against Brooklyn. Take it to the basket. Man, they have no one down there. They have the core of Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, who looks like Jack Skeleton. Okay, take it to the basket. Okay, take it to the basket. Do not take no nine threes. Dog, if he makes five threes out of nine, and you're like, you should have caught to the point, you should have like a real boomer threat, man. Like, the, the, the chances of him making five of nine after his performance today, very unlikely. I mean, he probably goes three. He probably go three for nine, which is like whatever. I'll take it. I just want to say to Chris, there's a difference between being like realistic and being just negative. For like, I get that a lot of us were off put by Randall last season, but like, he's still a Nick, and like, as long as he's a Nick, we should root for him. We should root for him, you know, in my opinion, at least. But so yeah, like you can be you can be rational and realistic and be like, yeah, I mean, this isn't. We shouldn't get overhyped by this game, like some people on this. On this, 
But I mean, it, if if the one percent happens and this just is who Randall is now for some reason for this season, hey, well, we'll take it because we might get to watch some playoff basketball if that's the case. And I will be running up the receipts. Keep them coming. Keep them coming, Jeff. See that one little statement you just fueled Ty- Tyrese's like fan fiction for like oh. three more weeks. Oh, oh! Don't let him get hot. No. Don't let him get hot. Oh, I'm gonna. I will be the filthiest person on Twitter, and I've seen oh, Sam's right. likes. I will be filthy. All oh, right. Like we will be. Oh, oh I will be right. cooking. I got bookmarks on bookmarks. Anyways, S. Binder. Arthur says the Fournier minutes were scary. Can't wait till Grimes gets back so we can move EF out of the rotation. Happy to see Thibs start to believe in Obi Randall lineup. Plus, um, we move. <laughs> no, no, we will not do that. Um, but yeah, like he is Evan Forty. I don't know what the hell happened. Did Eurobasket like just cook him completely? Like might have. Like my God, like like even last year he was like he was bad on defense, but like he still gave you like pretty good three point shooting, which was like the main reason to keep him on the floor. Now it's just like he can't put he can't throw a rock into the ocean, and like his decision making doesn't look good at all. Like it's just all bad and it's just like there's there was literally no reason to put him in the in in during that time like he threw the ball and it was immediately a turnover like within his first couple possessions in the fourth quarter and from there i was just like dib should have never put him in because like that just kind of helped fuel that comeback or at least the the hopes of a comeback and it forced us to have to make us a rotation um or substitution change um probably quicker than he wanted to um, but yeah, I just, man, um, but with Grimes, I'm kind of, are we concerned about Grimes and like this foot thing? It seems to be like something that's going to be lingering for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, like he played that one, he keeps playing like one game and then immediately gets hurt. It seems. So is that something that we should be concerned about? Um, but Yeah. I would just shut it out until like yeah I, I'm I'm con- I'm concerned foot you never want you never want foot problem and I mean we saw with Derek Rose last year remember Rose was Rose was quite I mean I know Rose is a little bit different older and yada yada but he was he had a similar you know day to day he was questionable and then doubtful and then all of a sudden it was just shut down for the season like you don't want to see that for Grimes yeah. Um, you know, I'm wondering, is it like plantar fasciitis at this point? Cause like, and like, that's like the worst case scenario, but like, if it's something that just keeps lingering like this, it might end up being that. And if so, just shut him down. Um, but yeah, I do agree with moving Evan Fournier out of the rotation. Him and Rose, they are like, I mean... Rose. I mean, they must have been. They must have been good tonight because they played more first half minutes than quickly. So, we we we're, we're just gonna have to watch Th- the film more times. Th- thank you for bringing that up because I almost forgot about bringing that up. But yeah, Emmanuel quickly finally puts the ball in the basket, like a lot of us have been requesting in that first that first that first stint that he got. The first what was it six minute stint that he got? He went three for three, put the ball in the basket, made good decisions. I think didn't take any ill advised shots, and only played six minutes until like. What I want to say, like, end of the third quarter, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's up with that? And Derek Rose again, first guard off the bench. What are we doing here? 
what are we doing? I mean, I think he, I think it's just Tibbs saying that he wants one of Rose or Brunson on the court at all times, which is stupid for a lot of reasons. Um, the numbers don't support that at all. Neither the individual numbers nor the team numbers support it at all. Rose, I mean, Rose is one for 10 tonight. There's no chance like quickly would ever be allowed to play through being one for 10, even though not at all, even though quickly is better at every aspect of basketball that isn't scoring. Um, So yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Fournier is even more pathetic. Like Tibbs could have just, he could have kept quickly in and pulled Fournier. I don't understand why he did the inverse um, he did it the other night and like quickly it was bad the other night, but it's still obviously a really bad decision because quickly is better at basketball than Fournier. But at least in that game, he had the excuse of like, okay, quickly has been bad tonight and Fournier hasn't or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. tonight quickly was way better than Fournier. And he, I don't know, he won by 20. So don't want to, bemoan this too much but it's it's worth really stupid it's worth bemoaning about because it's something that's probably gonna be it's something that's not it's tonight's not gonna be the last night this happens that's for sure yeah and that's that's kind of that's kind of like i don't know i i mean i have to write about this game not have to i'm I'm excited i'm looking forward to it but i'm writing about this game for strickland and it's really hard to not take that sort of tone with a game like this because if all this is encourage the worst habits of Randall, encourage the worst habits of Tibbs, unless you really think the Knicks can like win a playoff series, how good was this game? Like, I don't. I hate saying that because it makes me sound like such a fucking negative asshole. No, no, no. It's it's really hard not to. It's really hard not to think that way. No, I think I think you definitely have the right. You have the right outlook on it, definitely, because like that's the ultimate goal. If that's how we're judging Dibs and Randall, like if that's how we're judging this team based on like how they go about their processes in terms of keeping Thibs, who is someone who is a win now coach, um, keeping Randall, who you assume the front office thinks is part of a win now plan. Then that's how you have to assess this. That's how you have to assess it. And that's how you assess these games, like, and the processes that goes on. So I think you're warranted to have that outlook on a game like today, even though we won, like, what does it really mean for the grand scheme of things going forward if like IQ is playing less than 17 minutes and you know Randall gets to do his best 2021 impersonation and Thibs gets to continue to have bad habits like yeah he's trying out the Obi Randall thing and you know he's 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 changing starting lineups based on matchups now with Sims you know he thought Sims had faster feet to guard Cat all that other good stuff like these are all good things, but he also still has those bad habits, um, which we see with Rose and Fournier still playing. So I think it is still uh, warranted to have that outlook. <clears throat> oh my yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's, that's why I said it. 
I just think like at a bare minimum, can we just get can we just get some Obi Randall each night quickly playing more minutes than Fournier and Rose? That's like my benchmark. If you can do that, okay, like that, it's almost always gonna be a passable game for me. I just and I guess like quickly did end up playing more than Fournier and Rose tonight. It just took quickly playing what he played like 11 straight minutes in the second half. Great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, no. you know, I, I don't want to be the damned. If you do damned, if you don't, I, I just still wish that like he was, Tibbs was more liberal with his rotations, more diversified lineups and shorter stints. Like, you know, a lot of people are always like, oh, the Knicks look gassed at the end of games. Well, like, they wouldn't be gassed if they weren't playing these 12-minute shifts. It's insanity. So, it's insanity. Yeah. Um, Terry's anything to the IQ, Grimes, Fournier? Whole I, think you, spiel? I think, you, think you all covered it up really. Like, um, Fournier should be – I. Mean, Fournier's playing minutes out of necessity right now, but even still, I feel like you probably could put Deuce in there and be fine. Um, I wasn't a fan of breaking back Rose this offseason. I don't like the fact that he's here right now. That I'm is just- one thing I will give you credit for, for wanting Rose out. I was just like, you know, like, he gets hurt anyway, so like I would just trade him for whatever value he had at the time, and now it doesn't seem like he has much except for being an expiring contract. Um, but he's bound to get injured at some point. So that's just kind of how it goes with them. It just kind of sucks that those guys are going to get a minutes right now. And I don't really feel like any one of them, either one of them really are beneficial. I would just like to see those guys go to IQ and go to Deuce. Um, and hopefully Grimes when he gets back and he's healthy. So I would hopefully try to put it away from them as fast as I can, but it might take a minute because the team is just lacking bodies right now. Yeah. I did think it was cool that Tibbs specifically went to what Sam called the Knicks death lineup of Brunson, quickly RJ, OB, and uh, Randall, obviously. Um, that was a really cool lineup. And maybe you could argue their best lineup against a lot of teams. Like, maybe, I guess, if, like, you're playing the Sixers, you want Mitch out there instead of somebody. Um, But, you know, against a lot of teams, I feel like those are just their five best players, right? Like, is there there even – who else would even – No, I think that's fair. Maybe Grimes on, like, a good night. Right. But, I mean – Let's see how he comes back from his foot injury. You know, he definitely like, I, I love Grimes. So like, I agree that like last year's Grimes or like the one we were kind of seeing in summer league would be in a discussion with quickly in terms of just like how he'd fit in and yada, yada. Um, but, you know, let's at least, I, I think we need to see him come back from his foot injury first. Right. All right. Uh, uh, you some to add? No, no, I'm saying no, I agree. Oh, okay. Um, looking ahead to the Brooklyn game on Wednesday. Um, it's hard to really project with how volatile this team is in their lineups. I mean, Ben Simmons played today, I believe, and he would played off the bench. 
And I don't know if that's going to be something that's consistent going forward. I assume probably not. But um, KD will be playing. KD somehow always gives us the business whenever we play the Nets. So that's something that we have to be prepared for. Um, I assume probably RJ is going to maybe start out on him, probably. I would assume uh, maybe Randall. Why would we not put Cam on him? Mm, true. I feel, like you, I feel like you have to put Cam on him. Cam's longest. Cam is the least important offensive player. Let him use all of his energy on Durant. Like, that's what he's in the starting lineup for. If they come out with fucking Randall on him, I just, like, I'll turn the game off. Like, he, what if He's do? done that before. That's the reason why I brought it up. He's done it before. Yeah, I know. I agree. No, I wasn't getting I, – I thought what yeah. you said was totally reasonable, like, yeah. in terms of, like, like, what they'll actually do. But yeah. I'm saying, like, if it was up to me, why would they not put Cam on him? You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Cam Cam is not someone that's really in the plans of the offense. Um, like, he just gets his wherever he can. He's been pretty good at staying out of the way, which I commend him for, and not doing too much lately. So that's that's a plus. So if you can just have him use all his energy on defense and, like, bother Kevin Durant with his length, then by all means, just do that. And I'd be happy with that. Because if you can, like, hold him to, like, 25 or so points instead of, like, the 30, 35 plus that he would usually give us, then hell yeah. Um, but, yeah, they had Ben Simmons play off the bench. He played 16 minutes today, two points, three fouls, three rebounds, two assists. Um, that guy is a cooked product. Um, <laughs> that is the worst contract in the league. That is bar, bar none the worst contract in the league. Yeah, I don't know how they get value back for him at all if they, they won't, even try to. Legitimately, what's going to happen is they're going to trade KD because no way Kyrie's going back to this team. And then, like, it's Ben Simmons and the Monstars. Like, that's that's a shitty, shitty team. <laughs> Sam, I thought you just made a really good point about Cam. Um, so I think I, I just want to reiterate that or like emphasize it a little bit more. There were multiple moments in this game where the last three years of Cam could have come out. Like there were actual moments where he like could have been like, okay, it's my time to shine. You know, like there was one time on a fast break when he had like a one on two and he pulled it back out to reset the offense there was multiple times when he passed on mid-ranges to reset the offense. I thought this was probably the best process game of Cam's season. And he literally only shot shots at the rim or catch-and-shoot threes. Um, and look, I know there's going to be some people who, if they heard me say that, would be frustrated because they believe that Cam can be so much more one day. And I'm not going to tell you that he can't be that. I am. But I'm going to... I'm going to reiterate that his first step to ever having a chance to reach that is to play consistent basketball and to play consistent basketball, especially on this team for this coach, he has to be a star in his role and his role in this lineup is to shoot threes and play defense. And I thought he was really good at that tonight. Now, you know, if he's just an average shooter, and, you know, this is who he is. Is he, like, better than Grimes or Quickly? Maybe that's a different conversation. But 
his length is certainly something, his height and length is certainly something they don't have. He brings something unique and it's at least justifiable as long as he is processing this way to keep him in the starting lineup and let him develop chemistry with these, these guys. And yeah, this was the most encouraged I was by Cam all season. And that actually kind of includes the Memphis game, which was a really good game. But also like Sam afterwards, you yourself were like, yeah, this was awesome, Cam, but don't like we're not going to like he looked like a star and he's just but like you who I think you can agree have never been Cam's biggest fan. I think you would agree that everything he did tonight was totally sustainable and like he can just it's reasonable as long as mentally he buys into this role to see him playing like doing everything he did tonight. Right. Definitely. And and after the Memphis game, like, sure, I have a bit where I like to shit on him, but like, I wasn't trying to shit on him after the game when I was like saying that, you know, what he was doing wasn't sustainable. Cause like, this has just been, I'm just going based off history. Like he's never put a, together a consistent stretch of looking like he did against Mem- the Memphis Grizzlies. So I was just saying, do not be surprised when the next couple games, he doesn't look like this. And this was not just to put him down. It was just like, I want to tamper f- fans expectations because I don't want them thinking that the Memphis game is like what was going to be the norm after that. And it hasn't been. I mean, he's had a couple of good games where he shot the three ball well and he's gotten to the rim pretty well. But that is more likely what you're going to see than the Memphis Grizzlies thing. Like that is that is an anomaly, basically. That is like if everything goes right and like we actually like legit need him to do that. But we don't need him to do that because as you can see, we have three guys that are capable of scoring 20 on a given night, maybe even four when Obi really has it going because he's been consistently like what, the fourth best scorer on this team. So you have like four guys before Cam that you really trust with scoring and maybe five if quickly really gets it going. But yeah, you have all those guys. So what, what, like what you said, Cam, he just needs to star in his role and he's fine. Exactly. And also you could make the argument that like the stuff, the the extra stuff that we've said we don't like, but that other people kind of like that, that, that gets them higher on. He might be more comfortable doing that once he's kind of entrenched in this role, you know, once he feels safer in this role, once he's established himself as that sort of three and D guy that he knows Thibodeau can rely upon. Like think about, I'm not at all implying that Reggie Bullock had any, non 3 and D skills. But what I will say is that Reggie Bullock became much more of a, okay, I'll dribble once and turn this three into a pull-up 15-footer. Once it was very clear that Thibodeau did not care if the shots went in or not, he loved Reggie Bullock, you know? Yeah. And so I think that there's a world where Cam establishes that trust, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm playing 30 minutes a night whether these shots go in or not. Okay, I'll take a dribble and I'll – you know, maybe start to mix that in again, not saying I want him to do that right now. I'm just saying that as far as Cam's development curve goes, step one has always had to be stay on the fucking court, dude. Yeah. And so far this season, he's done a good job of that. His body has treated him well. I think the extra time in the off season did him well. So. Yeah. He's been able to do the role so far. Um, there's a really, I think there's a really good chance that like if he's consistent with it, with Grimes being out, he might start the rest of the year. I don't think that would be like something out of the question. I think it's just a matter of like again, just buying into that role and making sure that he, you know, understands that 
being a star in your role is better than being trying to be like some kind of all star and like messing up the team and like realistically messing up your bag. So, but yeah, as I'm looking through Brooklyn's box scores as we go back to the Brooklyn matchup, I'm just looking and I'm just like, man, if we just like bother KD enough, like we should win this game. Honestly, we should. They don't really have much else going for them. I mean, Cam Thomas is like their, what, second best scorer, I would say. And he's yeah. finally getting minutes because he I guess he was in, it. he tweeted about it and he, and he was in Steve Nash's doghouse. And I guess with Steve Nash gone, he's got a new leash on life. So, um, but yeah, after Katie, it's like Cam Thomas. And then what, are we scared of Royce O'Neal? Like, I'm not. Like by all means, if Royce O'Neal beats us, whatever, I, I will. I will let Royce O'Neal beat us. But like, I don't see that happening. I don't see Joe Harris beating us. I don't see Edmund Sumner beating us. Like, I'm just like. Well, bench- we know Harris is gonna nail a bunch of threes because he's been cold recently. So he's gonna choose the Knicks to hit five threes first. Yeah, he hit two tonight. Um. Sam, what was the? Do you know what the line closed at for this Knicks T Wolves game? Um, I don't actually. I didn't even see that. I was just, I was curious how big if the Knicks were underdogs, what the line was, because I'm trying to figure out what the line for this Knicks Nets game will be. Like, oh, think- actually, I think the Knicks, the Knicks were slight underdogs. I think at plus one hundred two, I saw at one point. So yeah. So do you think the Knicks will be betting favorites in Brooklyn or do you think Brooklyn will be favored? Hmm, that's tough because Brooklyn is coming off of an L. We're coming off of a W. Um, They are going to be at home. Um, Man, I don't know. That's tough. I would hope that we are favorites because we are better than them. I will say that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we are favorites. Yeah, there's no no line. Yeah, there's no lineup. There's right? no lines up now, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think it might be like, oh man, maybe like a minus one and a half for Brooklyn. At that point, which like I think it'd be a pick one. Could be. Our games are usually close between the two of us too. Yeah. Like they usually come down to like the very last possession, literally. I, I don't see it getting lower than like three. Hmm. Yeah. I would not be. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we can end here. Shout out to everyone that tuned in. Um, you know, we will be back after the Nets game. Hopefully we win that game. We should. We're better than them. They only got KD. Agreed. So we'll be back after that game. Um, thank you to everyone who left a comment. Make sure y'all leave a like, subscribe. Um, check out everything Str- Strickland related in the description. We got links to the merch, the site, the Patreon and the Twitter. Make sure you check out all those. Those are all excellent ways to support us. Um, And peace. Our house is a mess. Come on.
Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. Yes.